Well, today as we're going to observe some baptisms, four of them to be exact, um, I want to give a little, a little summary of what baptism is. Not an in-depth study, but an overview of what is biblical baptism. We're called Baptists. That's uh, in our name. It's there for a reason, because we emphasize what happens at baptism. Um, our text today is found in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. I would ask you to stand with me as we would pray and we would read from God's Word. Father, we thank you that you're God and we're not. We thank you, as our brother Rick told us, that all that the Lord does, all that the Lord allows is good because you are good. You told Moses that you would pass before him all of your goodness. And Lord, again, you declared the Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Oh, what a great God you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you guide us and direct us through your word. You still, you will speak to us through your word. It's the only way that you'll speak to us on this side of heaven is through your word. And so we ask, Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear, minds to understand, hearts and hands to apply what the Holy Spirit will teach us this day. We ask it for the glory of Christ. Amen. This is what God says. What shall, then, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him into, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. If we have been united with him in, de in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So where do we get the concept, the idea of baptism? It's nothing new. We'll look at a couple uh, examples of baptism in the Old Testament. First of all, the, 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 the nation of Israel as a whole was baptized into the covenant of God. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 10 to 11, it says this, The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. It was at Sinai that the people, be, that the people of Israel became the people of God. God made a covenant with them. And part of them was to consecrate themselves, which was a washing. They were to make themselves clean before the Lord. They were symbolically saying, we are not what we used to be. We no longer are. We're becoming a new people. The priests were to be baptized. 
for the service, a set-apart service. In Leviticus 16.4, it says, He shall put the holy linen, that is Aaron, on the holy linen coat, and shall have the linen undergarment on his body, and he shall tie the linen shash, sash around his waist, and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe, baptize his body in water, and then put them on. He was to cleanse himself, make himself pure before going into the presence of God. Individuals, were baptized when they came to uh, make a covenant with God, what we would call a Nazarite vow now, or a special vow to God. They went under, they underwent a baptism, a washing of themselves symbolically. And it says this in Levit- Levit- Leviticus 14:8, and he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and bathe himself in water, and he shall be clean. And after that, he may come into the camp but live outside his tent seven days. Those who made a covenant, those who were pronounced unclean and were able to come back into the the camp, that was the process of baptism. In the Talmud, the Jewish writings, proselytes, people who converted from being a Gentile into becoming a Jew, had to undergo immersion of water. This is what it says in the Talmud. As your fathers entered into the covenant only by circumcision, immersion, and the sprinkling of blood, so shall they, the proselytes, those who convert, enter the covenant only by circumcision, immersion, and the sprinkling of blood. They were symbolically saying, I'm cleansing my old life and becoming something new. I'm taking off what I was and putting on something new. We also have the concept of a baptism of repentance within the Old Testament. Who was the last Old Testament prophet? John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. And it says this in Mark 1.4, John appeared baptizing in the water and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So baptism is not a new concept to the Christian church at all. But the question would be, what is baptism? What is baptism? Perhaps you say, well, it's going and getting wet. Well, the word baptizo, and this is really where Baptists make their distinction on the word of God. The word is baptizo, it literally means to immerse. And many of you probably come from a tradition where you were sprinkled. The Bible does not speak of a sprinkling. We're not here to beat up people, but we're, we stand on the Word of God. The Word of God says baptism is to immerse, to go completely under. It's, it, it's used of if you were to take a, a white cloth and you want to make it purple, you don't sprinkle purple water on it to make it purple. You have to immerse it so that it fully becomes purple. It's also used of, the, of a forger, of a smith, who would forge iron. In order for it to become hard, he has to baptize it in water. He has to stick it fully within the water. It means to completely go under. Baptism for the Christian is an outward act that symbolizes an internal reality. It's an outward act that symbolizes an internal reality. Outwardly, they're showing those who are going to be baptized today and those who have been baptized have shown that they are symbolizing what has happened to them on the inside. 
Paul describes this for us in Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. Writing to the church, he says this, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. God is showing us is that it's the symbol of when a person goes down into the water, they've been buried with Christ. They died. They died to their old self, and they're going to be raised to new life, and symbolizing the future resurrection of all of God's children. All of God's true children will be raised to new life. We share in His death and His resurrection. That inward reality, that true saving faith, that profession of faith in Christ and what he's done for us is the means by which God took that which stood against us, the written law, the demands of the gospel, the demands of holiness that stood against us in simple faith and believing in Jesus Christ is what takes that debt away. It's through the cross of Christ that there's only forgiveness of sins. Again, Romans 6, 1-11 says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? The Bible tells us that we are to put to death our old self. We're not to live the way that we used to before we came to faith in Christ Jesus. You were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Again, the symbolism is I died. My old self is dead. I'm raised in resurrection power to new life that I am no longer who I used to be. That those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. Are you new in Christ today? Do you know the newness of Christ? Or are you still stuck in the old ways of death? For if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no longer be slaves to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Those who profess faith in Christ and follow the Lord in baptism are saying that I've died, I've raised to new life, I'm new, that I am not bound by my old life. Yes, do I still have sin at my door, knocking at my door? Yes, but I must master it. You must master it, and we can through the power of God's Spirit. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For those who have true faith in Christ, death has no hold on them. A death that actually matters. It's sad to have somebody pass away in this life. 
But it's even sadder for someone to pass away eternally into death with no hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No hope of heaven. Do you, again, I would ask you, do you have the hope of heaven today? Do you know for sure today that you will see Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee you will see Jesus Christ on the day of your death. What he says is what matters. What will he say to you? Will he say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of my kingdom. Or will he say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. What will he say? It's my hope and my prayer for you that he will say, well done, good and faithful. How can you know? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. How? What do I got to do to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Confess your sins to him. Believe on him. Believe that he died and he rose from again. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved. The scripture says, would you do that even right now? Have you? Will you? For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Those who are being baptized are saying, I've died, I've rose again. And the life that I used to live, I live behind. I now live a life to God. That's what baptism is. It's an outward act that symbolizes an internal reality. What baptism is not, is not an initiation rite. It's not a fraternity. This is God's church. It's for God's people. Baptism is not necessary for salvation, by the way. The Bible says to be repent and to be baptized. And sometimes we'll read for the forgive, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Peter says that to the, to the crowd in Acts chapter 2. But it's not necessary for salvation. It does not seal your salvation. It's not a sacrament for us. It's an ordinance. The proof of that is the thief on the cross who just said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. It's not necessary, but it is necessary for obedience to God's commands. The Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith alone. Amen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God saves people. God allows people to hear His word. He opens their hearts, and they respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptism is not here. This baptism by water is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John says this, I have baptized you with water, Mark 1.8, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus in Acts 1.5 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. For those apostles, for those saints at that time, it's what was called Pentecost. When, if you were a believer in Jesus Christ, when were you baptized with the Holy Spirit? 
You were baptized with the Holy Spirit. You didn't even know that you were baptized with the Holy Spirit because it's when God opened your heart and your mind to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ that you were baptized by the Holy Spirit. Baptism is not for infants. Again, many may come from a tradition of sprinkling and for infants. But throughout Scripture, to be baptized meant to respond to the call of God. To be able to make an intelligent, self-willed response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The clear call of repentance. Infants cannot do that. I don't even know if they're aware of their own sin. But you can. And the question would be, have you? Have you responded to the call of Jesus Christ? Another question you may have is, why be baptized? Jesus was. Matthew 3, 13 to 15, we see that. We want to be baptized because Jesus commands us to be baptized. Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You want to be baptized according to God's standard because the fact is every single person who has ever lived will be baptized one way or another. Listen to what Jesus says, or John, John says in Matthew 3, beginning in verse 11, says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. What is John telling us there? That we have a choice of baptism. That I can choose to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and be baptized into the kingdom of God, or... I can ignore all the evidence around me, all that creation screams at me. All I have to do is look up at the sky and know that God exists. If I refuse what God clearly is telling me in nature and in hearing His Word, if you're here today and you're not a Christian and you're hearing this and you're going, rolling your eyes or not, but today is the day, do not harden your heart. Because eventually, everyone's going to be baptized. The Bible tells us right here, they'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, or they'll be immersed in the flames of hell. That's the choice for all people. God, in His goodness and His mercy, the person of Jesus Christ, says, don't go to hell. Choose me. Choose life that you would live. Loved ones, I have to ask, have you chosen life? Will you live forever? Or will you face the judgment of God in eternity, baptized in a place called hell? It's a real place. It's the worst place ever. And God wants no one to go there. People choose to go there. Today is the day of salvation. Would you even now choose 
Would you repent of your sins even now? And join us in baptism even today. Who cares that you go through the formal process? If you confess of your sins, you repent and proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Today is the day of salvation for you. It's my hope and my prayer that you have. If anybody wants to, stand up now. I'll gladly hear it and we'll gladly baptize you today. If today is the day of salvation for you. Or if you're there and you're going, nah, I'm not, you know, you got some questions, we'd love to answer questions for you too. That's essentially what baptism is. It's an outward sign, an outward symbolic thing of an inward reality. Those who are going to come now and give their testimonies have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, have confessed their sins to God, repented, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sin, and are walking in a newness of life. Let's hear now how God has worked in their lives. First up is going to be Dania Boza. Dania has been coming. How many years have you been? Two or two years? Four. It's been four. Wow. Dania is going to share with us what God has done in her life. Oh, I got to give you the microphone. Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Abandoned, lonely, angry, unloved, unworthy are just some words of how I felt most of my life. I smiled, I laughed all the while I was screaming on the inside. Why was I even brought into this world, I would ask myself. It was better if I wasn't here. Feeling like I had to be strong for everyone around me, I just kept everything to myself. I had my first encounter with God at 14 at a youth group my aunt had invited me to. That was the first time I felt God's love. And I thought I knew God, who, who God was then, but now I realize I hadn't known him. As I got older, I quickly fell into the party lifestyle, going out all the time, looking for something or someone to fill the void I was still feeling, leading me to a life completely separated from God. About six years ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and a few months later, he passed away. It was then I remembered God, but I was angry with him. I was angry because I felt he abandoned me my whole life. And this was just another sign that he wasn't with me. It was about two years later when I first came to BBC. And I remember the sermon that day was as if God was talking directly to me. But even then, I was stubborn in my ways. And I wouldn't give in. And I didn't give the full yes to the Lord. And then COVID hit. But it was, um, and I was lonelier than ever. But in that, the Lord used it for his glory. I started reading my Bible more, praying, listening to sermons. And the Lord became my rock, my comforter, my hope, my best friend. But most importantly, my Lord and Savior. He showed up for me like no one has ever done in my life. Psalm 34, 4 says, I, thought the Lord, I sought the Lord and he answered me. The Lord was with me the whole time and I thought I was alone. But glory to him that, you know, he opened my eyes. He opened my heart and 
I can say that I really love the Lord and I'm all in for him. Um, my life is his. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Donia. God does amazing things. How many of you can relate to that? And Donnie, I got to tell you, you got a great smile now. You would never know. You are just a happy person. Amen. Next up is Maria Zosbo. Maria is relatively new to the church, her and her family. And uh, you hear the amazing story of what God has done in her life. Hello, everyone. Um, as Pastor Eric said, my name is Maria Sabu. I was raised in the Pentecostal Church in Puerto Rico from when I was very little till about age 11 and a half. That was, that's when my parents separated and my siblings, my mom and I, stopped attending church. Later, when I was 14 years old, uh, we moved to New York. At this time, my mother returned to serve the Lord, but my siblings and I didn't. In my 20s, I decided, in my 20s, I decided to go back to church but I only visited a few times, then I stopped going. Even though I had left the Lord, the Lord never left me. When I was a teenager, I got saved. God saved my life. When I was in college, God sent people to me to invite me to go to church, but I didn't listen. In my 30s, I was going through a hard situation, and the Lord spoke to me audibly, saying, don't let your emotions control you. So many other times, God reached out to me, but because I was living a sinful life, and I was spiritually blind, I didn't discern the Lord was still by my side. But all that changed in January of 2022. Um, when I saw the YouTube video where Christians were sharing their experiences with God and how <clears throat> he had transformed their sinful lives and now they were living their lives for Jesus. Some of them told stories about God speaking to them through dreams and visions and even angel, angel visitations. I remember feeling so upset because I realized I had lived my life blinded to the things of the Lord. I had wasted so many years away from God. I felt I was robbed of a life with Jesus. I remember thinking, I want to experience God the way those people have. Towards the end of the video, the host of the show asked if anyone wanted to repent of their sins and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior to repeat a prayer with him. At that moment, I made the decision to surrender my life to the Lord. I repeated the prayer and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right there on my dining room table. I felt so grateful and thankful to God for loving me so much, for being so patient with me all those years, and for saving my life before it was too late. From the moment I confessed my sin, I accepted, from the moment I confessed my sins, and I accepted Jesus Christ as 